Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. I'm Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything. And we have returned to our prisoner exchange format where Mike and I exchange albums that uh, we're thinking the other one's not familiar with. And we've done pretty well on that so far, right? I don't... I know you have. I haven't. Anything you sent my way was new to me. Same for you? Yeah, definitely for the most part. Same same on this side. That may change. Of course, we you know we plan a little bit in advance, so if we can kind of go, ah, I kind of all over that album. But it still might be a fun one to talk about, so we'll see how it goes. But I had forgotten. Oh, by the way, folks, if you get a chance, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the Bog Panda YouTube channel or the blog or iTunes, but the YouTube channel would be great. Bog Panda. I got to work that into the little trailer for the uh, for the channel sometime. <laughs> that would be good. But this one, gang, we are going all the way back to 1978. Gary Newman, actually, that's the Tubeway Army is uh, the release. It is, I think this first release was Tubeway Army. I think the next one became Gary Newman and the Tubeway Army, and eventually just Gary Newman. But this was their first album. It was released in a limited edition, limited number of copies, very limited. They kind of sold out. They got their next album together. It had a song that got some airplay, so it actually kind of went into regular manufacturing, and they eventually came back and released this one in a more traditional fashion as well with more copies. But this one's often missed by folks, It's uh, and it's a shame to me, I think, because I, I truly enjoy this album. So before we get started, maybe talking about the artwork a little bit, uh, any top-line reactions, Mike? Uh, so, so I am familiar with Gary Newman. My familiarity, for the most part, though, picks up with the second album. So I, I knew this existed. I've heard a few things off of it. Never delved into this album, though. Yeah, and it actually, on its first release, the very limited one, it was a blue cover with a tubeway army in very, a very 70s font. But then when it was re-released, it was released as a, a white album, black and white cover. It's a white album with just basically a character... I guess we can say, of Gary Newman on the cover, very sparse and clean, and a photo of the band on the back. Your thoughts on the cover? I've seen the cover before. I do. I, the image is definitely memorable. Like I said, I have heard a little bit off of this, probably mostly from, uh, I, I do have like a best of Gary Newman set, and I, I believe there's one or two songs off of this that made it onto there. Also a live record that there's at least one song off of this on. But beyond that, like I said, uh, the cover image is really what sticks out more to me so i do like it i'm only familiar with the the black and white gary newman face cover though 
Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find the other one. I just as I did a little bit of research on the album, I came across the kind of initial printing and one of the source of all information in Truth and Wisdom Wikipedia. One of their entries did have actually the original cover as well, which is kind of cool to see. We'll maybe throw that in the blog post for this as well, just for fun. Let's just get right to it. First song is "Listen to the Sirens." Uh, it has a very kind of droning start, and this is interesting. This is a much more most of us are familiar with Gary Newman as a highly, well, at least for a big chunk of his career, much more synthesizer, keyboard, featured, structure to things almost exclusively in some of the stuff in the middle when he had some commercial stuff going on. This is much more guitar-based. There is a little bit of synthesizer, and but the, the guitars are to some degree used in the same way he uses synthesizers later on. And you see that basically run through almost all of these songs as well. So it starts off with this kind of droning start to begin with. I actually found as I re-listened to it, you know, Mike and I have talked many times about me getting lyric tattoo of lyrics uh, at some point in time. I was shocked at the number of opportunities this this album presented to me. And uh, right at right at the beginning here, the slogan of peace is "You must live." And uh, so I thought that's a pretty good one. So there's a bunch of more coming here, but that's my my first tattoo candidate. The slogan of peace is "You must live." And it features a real nice uh, when he goes into some guitar work, which I always like the kind of uh, that you get in some songs. And he uses it to great effect a little bit later in another song as well. So that was a really good start to it. You get an idea of what you're getting. I wouldn't say this album is repetitive, but these all kind of clearly fit together in kind of the delivery that he's looking to do. So listen to the sirens. Good start, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked before about how you and I are both first song guys. So that's that's something that's important to both of us. This is a really strong start. But you can definitely hear the elements of what will become the, uh, I want to say, Gary Newman sound, not to discount the band. You know, by the second record, it's more, I, I believe it, it is credited as Gary Newman and Tubeway Army on the second record. I believe so. Yeah, as opposed to just Tubeway Army and then just Gary Newman from that point forward. So you do hear on this song, even though it's not synth based in the same way that what comes after this is, you can hear the elements of what are going to become that sound right away, which I was actually kind of surprised about because while I had heard a little bit off of this, I've seen interviews with him where he refers to the the like pre embracing the synth for everything sound as as more of a punk band with two-way army and yeah obviously there there's an influence in that there maybe some new wave and some post-punk in there but you can hear what it's going to become already in a much more fleshed out way than i anticipated here yeah the a lot of references and reviews of this album and discussion of this period of two-way army about punk but not not sex pistols punk clash punk this is nouveau punk or with with hints of new wave in it. But you're, I think you're exactly right that this is kind of tipping you off on where things are going to go a little bit. Yeah, it's closer. I mean, it's still different. Like you don't have that fully synthesized sound that you get on, I guess, what you would call the classic Gary Newman stuff. But there's more of that foundation than I expected here. I almost expected something that was more Sex Pistols Clash-ish than what this actually is. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I was happy to hear something that I could latch on to and was familiar with, but I was expecting something totally different. There's one song coming up here in a little bit that I think buckles a little closer to traditional punk, but this is yeah, this is kind of uh, a mix of a lot of different things, which will move right into the, the next song, which is My Shadow in Vain. It starts off with a really cool kind of bass line start. It's, it's another very interesting thing with this album. 
is at least my experience in listening to it is this is very sparse recording in the past you've heard mike and i occasionally complain about things being overproduced and over sweetened and all those types of things not a problem on this album <laughs> because it is it is to the bone really lean recording yeah, the drums in particular are really 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 lean They're, they work and they fit well with this album but this is not a opulent sounding album by any stretch did you pick up on that or was that your experience oh definitely in fact it- Really listening to it, and obviously there are, especially on some of the other songs, some more punk elements, as you mentioned. Really what this has to do with punk, post-punk, and new wave to me, though, is that it is kind of stripped back. That's that's its closest tie to punk to me, is that, that it is kind of stripped down to the core essentials, which, of course, you lose on the a little more on the next record and then completely after that once gary newman fully embraces going the electronic route with things but on this it does sound very stripped down and to me that that's really the closest tie to the punk scene tattoo material for this one is i only think in black and white so that's another nice line from there anything else on my shadow in vain it's not specific to this song but i guess i could say this on almost every song so i might as well just get it out of the way now one of the things that i like about early punk records and particularly post-punk records i i feel like leaned on it even harder and you get some of that on here is a lot of these early punk records and i don't know if it was a conscious decision or if it's a result of the more stripped down sound but you really get a sense of the bass propelling these songs in a way that you do on a lot of those early punk records that i don't think you get nowadays even on punk records like things are more guitar driven whereas i feel like the bass almost feels like a lead instrument in a way that just doesn't happen as much now that's a great great insight i'd, I'd agree thinking about it because it it does not it's not like kind of the John Entwistle, where he serves as a backbone to a lot of the Who stuff because everybody else is off doing crazy stuff. But it's just, it is it is still the backbone of these songs. My Shadow in Vain, you know, they usually it pops out at you, but here they just, you know, they start off with the bass to kind of give you a little hint that, hey, this is important. <laughs> this is going to be kind of running the thing through there. Okay, The Life Machine. I think this is a really good song. I enjoy it, but it is probably the most kind of clinical rundown of someone on life support (laughs) kind of what might be running through their head it's just it really just kind of goes through all of those steps i'm just a dead piece of meat to keep running (laughs) is a pretty powerful line uh in this one there is uh, a heartbeat to kind of tie to the whole theme as well casey didn't pick up exactly what was going on it really kind of i don't want to call this on the nose but it's it approaches the nasal area (laughs) to a degree i like this song quite a bit i think it's it's uh very interesting and there are some melancholy moments in it but i thought it was approaching on the nose just a hair but i do like the song yeah i agree with the the somewhat on the nose approach to it but there was an odd thing that I thought of when I was listening to this. There, There's a number of songs I can think of off the top of my head that kind of deal with similar themes of, of somebody being on life support and the things that they're going through there. And I don't know if it's because I'm not as interested in that as a topic. I got, like, I, I'm not sure how to articulate this. I guess it, it's more if you take each of those songs Maybe it's just because they're here. This is a better way to put it then. Not that I'm not interested in those types of songs. Maybe there's not a ton of original or unique material to mine there because I feel like at least lyrically and thematically, they all kind of hit on the same point. That's a good way to put it. And that's, that's what happens here. It is interesting because there's a little bit of 
sarcasm in there as well where he's like they're glancing at the plug to possibly unplug him and he goes but you're not going to do it because oh no you've got your principles and so there's a little a little biting in there as well but yeah i think he's kind of you're kind of confined if this is the song you're writing you're going to be talking about that there's not a lot of room to go (laughs) different places with it yeah and and like i said this has been done by a number of different bands in fact even uh, on a recent episode we talked about guns and roses guns and roses have a very similar song that's musically sounds nothing like this but exact same themes and things like that and a dozen other bands that i could list off have done similar things so I, i think it's just it's not that i'm against a song that delves into this it's just i feel like they all kind of lyrically get a little bit samey and it's just because like you said that maybe there's there's not a whole lot of directions you could go with it it doesn't help that it's surrounded by other work that there's a lot more interesting stuff going on and that makes it stick out a little bit too i'm not knocking the song i think it's it's a nice it's yeah, a nice that, song but yeah and that's the thing i don't dislike the song at all it's just more a the there's not a whole where a whole lot of different places you can go with it that haven't already been done before and after this so we'll move on to the fourth song friends uh, and this to me was when we talk about a punk sound. This is the song that probably runs the closest to that. Some really strong guitar work at the beginning, guitar dominant work kind of at the beginning. A very rapid delivery. Did not make the tattoo list, but love the lyric. You're not going to put those scabs on me. That's a pretty interesting little pop. The bass line in this is massive and really, really good as well. And, you know, a little a little ditty about male prostitution. So, you know, there you go. This is actually, this is one of the songs that I had definitely heard. This is on a compilation that I have, like you said, definitely more punk leaning but this is the song i was familiar with so i was actually expecting it to be far more punk leaning than this so i got more gary newman and a little less punk than i was expecting but i did enjoy it i already knew this song i already liked this song the term friends makes a lot more appearances throughout newman's catalog so i guess this is the start of that started with the root of friends and then he began to make them electric and do other things with them as well so Mm -hmm. very cool Okay, uh, the next song is uh, Something in the House. And to me, this is the most kind of future Gary Newman sounding song on this album. It has more of that classic Newman keyboard feel to it. I think a lot of that stuff from that time period is great. I think this is a is a very, very good song as well. I do think it is the, the first one that really starts to lean in to give you a strong hint and what's going to be coming up in a couple albums. Yeah, absolutely. If the last one was more punk-leaning, this is the most classic Gary Newman sounding on the record to me. Just like you already touched on, that's not a bad thing to me because I'm more familiar with the Gary Newman stuff than I am the Two-Way Army stuff in general. The, again, this this while I wasn't familiar with the song, kind of felt at home with it. I didn't know what to expect when I got this, and so uh, I've, I've enjoyed everything on the album. I basically enjoy every song on this album anyway, uh, but this was a nice kind of more familiar tone for me, and so it was cool, and it was a good song. All right... So the next song is Every Day I Die, and it's a a song about self-gratification, I guess will be the way we'll refer to it for this review. Lots of good lyrical stuff going on in this one. Not much of which I think I'm going to call out. I, I will because it's... tattoo lyrics for you here? No, I think I unstick pages and read. <laughs> Just great line. Really cool. Uh, this kind of 
while this album hasn't been frenetic, it's had a pacing to it largely. Obviously, with uh, something in the house, it pulls back into a little more ethereal Newman kind of stuff. But this one just kind of lopes along at its own pace. This one and another song down the road, to me, a very almost David Bowie-like delivery. Much stronger on a song later, but I see, you start to see hints of this there. There's a little bit of noise, I think, during the time early on was, you know, was Newman trying to kind of pick up elements of one of the versions of David Bowie. And I, I mean, you're all influenced by something. I'm sure there's some things there, but I don't think it's highly derivative. But it's a good song. Uh, no tattoo material for me on this one. And there's a nice little, you know, it's every day I die. So you get a nice die, 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 die at the end with kind of accelerating and um, raising the pitch of the voice as it kind of echoes out, which is a really kind of cool way to finish the song. I actually like every day I die quite a bit. Well, obviously, you know, I'm a little more conservative leaning than Kelly, so it was difficult grappling with the subject matter. I'm glad you suffered through it. <laughs> but I knew you could. You no, know, considering, you know, putting that aside and just trying to judge it objectively. It was definitely a song I really enjoyed. I again not had not heard this one before, so it was interesting getting into. I was thinking, and it wasn't specifically this song, but was this your introduction to Gary Newman? Were you a two-way army into Gary Newman guy, or did you work backwards? I worked backwards. I like many cars comes out. I go, this guy sounds kind of interesting. So I got, I think that was Pleasure Principle was the name of that. Yeah. And so I got that. I followed that up by getting Telecon, which I think was the one after Pleasure Principle. And I love Telecon. That might be a prisoner exchange down the road, by the way. You may be a lot more familiar with it. (laughs) But Telecon is one of my all-time favorite ones. And then we talked about this in the past. For you youngsters out there don't go into record stores that have a bunch of vinyl anymore they used to have a section in a big record store called the cutouts and these were albums that for whatever reason didn't sell well didn't have a lot in stock or whatever and they would either cut a corner off or cut a little little notch in the in the top side and you could get them really really cheap and i walked by and there was that very striking cover and i go that's gary newman to a army i gotta get that and so i got to this after Pleasure Principle and Telecon uh, were where I was at, and then I got this one. What was your path? Well, you said it was the second album? So I had heard Cars first, I'm sure, like everybody else, but what got me into Gary Newman was more Down in the Park and Our Friends Electric. Yeah, which are two classic, classic Gary Newman songs. Yeah, so I Cars was my introduction, but that's not what got me into him. It was more those two songs. And then delving a little bit deeper beyond that. Yeah, I hit... Um, so I said, I kind of entered on that Pleasure Principle, Telecon, I Assassin, I think it might have been the third one after that. And so very, those got heavy airplay for me, did those a lot. And then this one, of course, and, and the earlier stuff, the Gary Newman and the Two Boy Army stuff. So it's very cool. Okay. Uh, Steel and You. Again, we get a little more punky. Again, I'd say on this one, a very kind of dissonant start. Uh, you got some kind of music noise going on that kind of gets into the riff. And so this one features some really, really nice guitar work in it. And it is probably the most driving song on this as well. A good change of pace as you kind of come off kind of slower cadence of Every Day I Die into Stealing You where he picks things up back again in earnest. Like I said, I really love the guitar work on this. Your thoughts? Uh, actually, my notes are the guitar work as well. So so again, yeah, sort of back to the driving, more punk influence sound. But the guitar work on this one stands out a little bit more. Like I said, throughout the record, not that the guitar work wasn't good up until this point. It's more the bass stands out a lot to me on this record, as I already mentioned. It just has this really propulsive quality to it that, that I feel like other records of this ilk also have in common. So 
the guitar, it makes when the guitar flourishes stand out more. It actually works in its favor because I feel like had you gotten more of that guitar work all the way through, maybe this song wouldn't stand out in quite the same way. And speaking of driving propelling bass, we'll move right into My Love is a Liquid, which is the next song. Probably the winner for the coolest title on this album, in my opinion. A bouncy little number, opening it up in a nice kind of creepy gary newman way like presenting a baby like can you see your little ears can you see your little eyes don't you think she looks just like me and so this very kind of interesting beginning and it's just the bass is driving things along he's he's kind of delivering it with an earnestness at all lots of tempo changes that run through this the bass as i mentioned really significant this brought two potential tattoos up i could talk to me for years which i like that quite a bit and then save your money by a tube, which was another one which I thought was pretty cool. But this is a fun song. This is probably my favorite song on the album. Lots of stuff going on and just a really cool song. So if nothing else, as you've heard this discussion going through, if you can get a chance and get to My Love is a Liquid onto YouTube and give that a listen, that'll give you a really good picture of what's going on on this album. And it'll be a a song I think you'll enjoy. And did you enjoy it, sir? I did very much. I actually thought I really enjoyed it. I I thought it sounded somewhat familiar. I don't believe this is one of the ones or or something that I'd heard before. It is, of course, possible. But this was one of the standout ones to me. Again, the song title caught me before even really getting into the song. I was like, I'm going to like this song (laughs) as soon as I saw the title for it. And it did not disappoint me. Definitely, Definitely one of the standouts on the album for me. And it's followed up with Are You Real? This has, I guess, what I would call the most traditional rock guitar. Not pump guitar, not synth rock, uh, electronic music guitar, but just straight up rock and roll guitar. This is probably the one, while we talked about a little bit earlier, some really good guitar work earlier in the album on Stealing You. This is another place where this comes in really strong again. It's a fairly, in the nature of this album, a fairly straightforward song, but you get probably the most straightforward rock delivery as well. Another really good song, rock delivery song in the Gary Newman voice, which is, you know, a little different uh, than the standard rock singer, but very, very cool as well. So I like Are You Real? It was a nice, again, little twist and change on this album. Definitely more of a rock delivery. It put me in mind of, so there's a Gary Newman compilation called Disconnection. It's a three disc album. And the first two discs are like, I don't want to say a best of because they're, they're actually not his best known songs. They're from like his middle era solo records. So it's a compilation of, of like the best of those records. But then there's a third disc on there that was a live record called Ghost, which has been, it was actually, I was going to use it as recommendation at one point, but I found out that the album has been reissued many times with varying track lists. So the third disc of Disconnection, which is that particular version of the Ghost live album, is an excellent live record. Again, varying track lists on all of them. So I I can't say they're all consistently good, but if you can come across that, that has a lot of the classic Gary Newman and some two way army songs on it, but he's going through them with a full live band, which does give it a more rock sound. And this kind of put me more in mind of that. So then, and this was quite a surprise for me, this song is moving along, and then Cheap Trick joins uh, Gary Newman, and they play The Dream Police. Well, no, (laughs) they do play a song called The Dream Police, but it is far, far from the Cheap Trick Dream Police 
song. The Dream Police, whose slogan, What Is On Your Mind, is a very kind of sinister, snaking along song. As, that, as far from the the uh, <laughs> the cheap trick thing as you can kind of get, because this is kind of... Uh, and I, I didn't get a chance to go back and look timing-wise to figure out who made it to the finish line first with The Dream Police as a song title. This is 78. That's a round cheap trick time too so i'd have to check that out maybe some crack youtube research will solve that for us but uh, another really good song this one's really kind of cool because you get to the tail end of it and it has a very ambient kind of ending to it that's kind of cool as well so uh, we're getting towards the end of the album here but this is another really good song i said this this one's just got a sinister tone to it that's not been kind of present in a lot of, a lot of the other songs so far so there's a couple of things on this one that really stood out to me uh first off the the dream police thing so I know that there's a Cheap Trick song that's well-known called Dream Police. I don't really know a lot of Cheap Trick, though, and that's not to to put them down or to say anything negative against them. I just don't really think I've heard much of their stuff, so I don't really know what they sound like that well. Certainly not enough to have an opinion on them one way or the other. A uh, buddy of, my, uh, of mine and I went to see Alice one time where it was a, a double bill of Cheap Trick and uh, Alice, and Cheap Trick was the, the opening act. We left halfway through the show and got some more beer. <laughs> it was it was fine. It was nothing wrong with it. But when having a choice to say, ah, maybe I'll get another beer, that seemed to work out better. So we did that. And yeah, I, I just, I'm sorry, sir. No, I was just gonna say I did. I did my search and the Cheap Trick Dream Police 1979. So Gary beat him by a year. Very nice. Yeah, I, it's nothing against Cheap Trick. I just couldn't other like I know they have a song called Dream Police. Couldn't pick out a cheap trick song if you put it on, though. Like, I wouldn't know that that was them. And maybe I've heard more of their stuff, like, just as background on the radio and things like that. But just nothing's ever really stood out to me. Whole connection to Cheap Trick is uh, they were the first band to bring back eight tracks in the modern time. And my band does eight tracks now. And we actually track down the people who did the Cheap Trick eight tracks. To, to make our eight tracks so that's my connection to cheap trick <laughs> that was that was what maybe what the first thing that popped out of me was like is this the cheap trick song and then i was like i wouldn't know <laughs> so it's there's not. a part of it maybe this is a cover <laughs> nope not at all <laughs> yeah, so i really didn't know so good to know though uh and then of course the more atmospheric parts of it at the end that you were mentioning obviously that that stood out to me a lot okay we now move into a little acoustic start uh, first uh, kind of acoustic guitar appearance on this album of any significance a joe the waiter and this starts off with acoustic and gary singing and then as the song kind of makes its way through further and further more instrumentation joins in to where it really kind of builds up towards the end a very effective use of hand clapping in the song first appearance of that i believe as well so this is a this is another really good song tattoo material for this one again if you're mindless please take mine i thought that was pretty cool and this was one i i definitely thought had almost a bit of a bowie feel to it in terms of the delivery but a really fun song uh towards the end different sounding than everything else i don't know if i put my finger on it listening to it but i definitely get the bowie thing like i said it's not um dead on it's not like a replica of anything else he's done it's at least reminiscent of the delivery and it's a little less kind of that alien automation kind of voice that gary uses in a lot of other stuff so that was cool as well 
Yeah, and you and you kind of hit on something. So for people who who maybe only heard Cars or like another radio song, or just aren't that familiar with Gary Newman stuff, that his delivery that that sort of almost robotic delivery that he does does fit in with a lot of the themes that you hear. And I was actually that's another thing with this record. I was kind of surprised to hear those themes come in so early too, because again, I was under the impression that a lot of that starts with the next record. So you do hear some of those sort of dystopian future themes. And his voice to me isn't strange because it fits completely with a lot of his lyrical themes. And speaking of dystopian, (laughs) we we wrap things up with My Name is Smith, which has a really kind of cool delivery at the beginning where it's this kind of staccato delivery of My Name is Smith. Again, more more hand clapping used to great effect in this song as well. I think the the best, I don't know if this is the lead tattoo one, but I think this is the best line in the entire album, which is, time heals nothing, it merely rearranges our memory. I thought that was pretty cool by Mr. Newman, but just a really good, strong finish to it. It features another, the, before you go into some heavier guitar, which again, I mentioned earlier, I like, but uh, very kind of cool. So, and this is, this is a, a really another very interestingly structured song interesting delivery and uh, good lyrics going on with it so i thought a great way to finish this album off so there's definitely a few things on this particular episode that i'm going to pull out of samples later <laughs> you <laughs> doing that grunt is one of- <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know how i could i didn't know how to you know it's in kansas you know uh carry on my wayward son you know it's, it's always there and there's just that Ugh. so i like it so <laughs> That and the, the, what did you say? Uh, self-pleasuring or self-servicing or something? Uh, uh, self-pleasuring, I believe, was the term, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're going to get self-pleasuring and that grunt working together. <laughs> yeah, that'll, be, <laughs> yeah, that'll be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> course if this yeah. if this episode never gets posted you know <laughs> <laughs> but you have to this was a good episode it's a good album the squaddies need to hear about it this was this was a, a strong ending to it so i was listening to this on apple music and there i guess it's like a deluxe version of it so there are additional tracks on there like bonus tracks after this as well if anybody's looking for you know some extra on there i don't know if you check that out at all kelly it's like some live tracks and different things for purposes of this review no i just one with the straight release yeah after i listened to this straight through a couple of times i started checking some of that stuff out and there's some good stuff on there too cool but i enjoyed this song as well the time heals nothing that's that's what i wrote down for my note on this one because i thought that was such a strong lyric so i was glad that you pointed that out as well i do think our big takeaway from doing all of this is that kelly needs to get some tattoos (laughs) if i could figure out how to spell you know then we do that one (laughs) You're just giving me variations, too, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find somewhere there's a site that has songs that reflect that particular grunt delivery before. Usually a major guitar uh, riff takes off. but There's a great use of that in a Psychotica song. See, I'm going to send you a link to it. It's, it's, it's magic, <laughs> I tell you. It's good stuff. Well, on, on that note, I think we will wrap it up for this week, folks. I appreciate you guys tuning in. As we mentioned at the beginning, please consider liking, subscribing to the YouTube channel Bog Panda. Bog Panda. Or iTunes. Join us on iTunes under Nurture and Support, Stitcher, Google Play, many other places as well. We'd really appreciate it. So you can listen to, to enjoy the entire Bog Panda family. So that's all I got for Bog this week. Panda. <laughs> that's all I got for this week, sir. You? Give, no, that's no, it. You gotta, you gotta give me, you gotta give me one before you leave. You gotta give me a, a grunt out. <laughs> <You> gotta... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the grunt expert. So uh, that's all you. Bye.
fine. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. You can do it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing it. No.